All right. Good evening, everyone. Um, Ryan and Susan actually gave us the privilege to do our testimony in Spanish, so please feel free to pull out your Google Translate. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I saw the concerns on some of your faces. <laughs> We're actually going to be doing this in English. Um, well, like I mentioned, my name is Ivan Yarramendi. This is my beautiful wife, Martha. Uh, and it's such a pleasure to be with you guys this evening to share our story. And we definitely hope that it encourages you. So I was born in El Paso, Texas. I am the oldest of three boys and two girls. I grew up in a Christian home, and I trusted in Christ during my teenage years. I recall the enjoyment of being involved in church ministries and events growing up. I figured this would balance out all the wrong that I was doing with some good works. My early life was heavily influenced by my parents. I saw the importance of working hard and being dedicated to Christ. Uh, my father always put, uh, I'm sorry, my father taught me to put God first in everything that I did, while my mom would always emphasize the importance of having faith in God. Even so, I was distant, uh, distant from God, and my self-worth was determined by my relationship with girls. And this led to inappropriate relationships as I entered adulthood. I struggled with anger, selfishness, and lust throughout my teenage years. When I found the courage to confess these sins to a youth leader, I was criticized and made an example of, which left me feeling alone and angry towards those around me. People that cared for me shared that Christ died for my sins and that all was forgiven. And although I would nod my head and agree with what they were saying, I felt that I needed to do something to work uh, my way towards forgiveness and grace. I'm reminded of truth in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 that says, for by grace you have been saved through uh, faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. I was also born in El Paso and I am the oldest of three girls. I remember trusting in Christ at an early age but wasn't fully aware of what that meant. Growing up, I was in a loving and a playful home. I did, however, learn about the harsh realities of this world at an early age. I was molested by two family members on two separate occasions, which left me sad and lonely. Because of fear, I never told anyone. I never thought this would affect me, but boy, was I wrong. The side effects of what had happened to me didn't really become clear until I was in junior high and high school. I started to look for affirmation and worth in other people in inappropriate relationships with boys. Suicidal thoughts ran heavily through my mind, and it was only by God's grace and my parents staying strong in prayer for me that I never had the courage to act on it. I acquired an ability to pretend like nothing was wrong and smile as I masked the pain. While this part of my life was kept secret, I served in church and lived a double life for several years. When Martha and I met, uh, we were teenagers, and she won my heart over when she knocked herself out doing a cartwheel to impress me. He will never let go. He will tell that story till it is an amazing story. Grandkids will know this and worthy of telling. <laughs> I was on my way to getting married, so th this is—I mean, right after I, I, I met with her, so I felt like I had it all together. I had graduated with high accolades, uh, and I was now in college. I was on my way to getting married, and I had a great job. I didn't realize that during this time, I was a slave to my own doctrine and my own sin. I stepped into marriage carrying a ton of baggage. It was a full-time job making people believe that I was not a broken person. My wife had no idea who I really was, and I figured that she'd be better off not really knowing. I had issues with pornography, with lust, with selfishness, but I refused to let my wife in on that part of my life. 
I used my job as a way to satisfy my ego, and I focused my efforts into being successful rather than pursuing Christ and my wife. I had several friends um, and my wife around me, yet I sought isolation and was not actively seeking any relationship with Christ. This left me without accountability and feeling unfulfilled in everything that I did. Adding kids to the mix gave me an opportunity to hide behind a new responsibility. I figured that having kids, much like getting married, would change me into a better person. Looking back, I realized that my circumstances did not need to change. Uh, I needed to change. I went through the motions of being a dad, a husband, and a churchgoer often convincing myself that I wasn't that bad of a person. Proverbs 18.1 reminds us, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. It was love at first sight. He was good looking, smart, and was involved in church. I mean, still very good looking, but good looking. I thought, what else could I girl ask for? We got to know each other more, and as he tried to set me up with one of his friends, we soon began dating, and our relationship escalated quickly and became physical. Without realizing, my world began to revolve around just one boy, and he became my salvation instead of God. As time passed, things just kept getting more and more out of hand. I decided to leave home as soon as I finished high school to be with Ivan, and I thought I could handle anything that came my way. After spending almost a whole year away from home, Ivan and I decided that we should try to go back to doing things right. I moved back home, and we were married September 23rd, 2007. We will celebrate 14 years this September. What, what happened, baby? We'll talk about it later. Hi, we need a personal trainer if anybody knows. <laughs> I started, okay, maybe me, not you, you're good. You're good. No, we're both needed. I started our marriage, I started our marriage fully committed and in love with what I thought was a, a heaven-sent situation. The man I had fallen in love with since I was 15 was actually my husband, and as far as I could see, he was a perfect image of a man. I walked in believing that this new chapter of my life was going to be the salvation and the answer I was looking for. I told myself I was a great person. I loved my husband, I loved to go to church, and that I was completely normal, but who was I kidding? Inside, I was dying little by little, walking away from the Lord one day at a time. While Ivan kept to himself, my wanting his full attention, my self-esteem, my jealousy, my depression, and discipline issues followed me and became my identity. Exodus 23 says, you shall have no other gods before me and that is the opposite of what I had done. I had made Ivan my issues and soon my kids my gods and idols. I would run to them when I felt lost instead of running to the one I know now to be my true savior. With time, I got to see what an incorrect view I had about my husband and myself. I started to notice that Ivan looked for other women's attention, so much so that it would happen in front of me. But to avoid a fight, I would look the other way or just tell myself that it was my jealousy taking over. The behavior gave, I'm sorry, the, this behavior gave fuel to the flame of my jealousy. It was like feeding the green monster until it became Hulk. Our marriage became more and more tense, and our fights about women and my passivity became like a mini civil war. So my job uh, relocated our family to Dallas. My relationship with Martha only got worse as we grew further apart. Her focus became our kids, and my focus remained on me. I was a man after my own heart, seeking opportunities to feed my own inclinations. My wife and I had ongoing discussions about my desire to gain attention from other women. 
And even though she was right, I always denied these accusations and fought to maintain a clean reputation with her. Things continued to get worse as I continued emotional affairs at work. My actions would drown out the voice of conviction in my life, and I would end up going to bed feeling ashamed and defeated. As a husband, I wasn't connected to my wife and felt that at some point the truth would come to light and our marriage would not survive it. Martha insisted that we find a church that we could attend regularly. We found Watermark and began coming to church every Sunday. As I listened to the messages each week, an internal struggle began. I needed to get help, but how or from whom? Proverbs 27:17 reminds us that iron sharpens uh, iron and one man sharpens another. We kept attending church for appearances, but there was no true relationship with the Lord. We were living a life pretending everything oh, sorry, was fine when in reality we were both falling apart. The two-faced life was exhausting for me. All I can think of was how can I get out of this? Divorce, suicide, and even just picking up and disappearing passed through my mind. But the Lord was gracious in showing us a glimpse of hope. The Lord blessed us with two little ones and one on the way as we were being relocated to Dallas. Our marriage was still falling apart and my lack of motivation and low self-esteem had become more and more apparent to everyone. I started to believe my own lies, that everything was okay, that all we needed was help in our communication. We found Watermark through a friend and within nine months of attending, I heard about re-engage. We decided to start a new journey and I was excited to move towards God once again. I walked through those doors on Wednesday night looking forward to what God had in store for us. As I continued to let my guard down, I began an inappropriate relationship with a woman at work. The relationship quickly escalated, with, uh, which led to an affair with this person. I couldn't believe who I had become, how far I had drifted from Christ, and how I no longer had an ounce of conviction to do what was right. I asked God for forgiveness and to give me an opportunity to redeem myself and experience his grace. I prayed that he would protect my wife's heart during these times because the worst was about to come. My prayers were answered rather quickly, as Martha pointed out the re-engage curriculum at Watermark. Jeremiah 29:12 says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. I thank God for providing the perfect platform to be open and honest with her. Uh, during the first few weeks in our re-engage closed group, I told her everything, literally everything about me including the affair. I confessed who I really was and my aspiration to be forgiven. I remember thinking during these times, it's gonna be World War III. Re-engage is about to turn into re-enrage. <laughs> However, this didn't happen. I always knew that the truth would come out, but I never imagined that it would be met with grace. We started closed group and everything was looking bright until week four. As you can imagine, my feeling of a new start was short-lived when Ivan confessed everything, everything about the affair with this woman from work, about the addiction he had had to pornography, him actually admitting to me about the mul multiple emotional affairs he had had throughout our marriage, and much more. It came as a shock to me. I knew he flirted with girls, and I knew he liked to be the center of attention, but I did not expect this. All I knew in that moment is that all my insecurities were magnified and the pedestal I had him on was falling hard. I felt alone, very insecure of the future and honestly stupid for not knowing what was going on. But God's grace was with me. I felt an uncontrollable peace come over me that I had not felt before. 
I knew God was in, mis- in the midst of this. And even if it was painful and chaotic, his love for me and my marriage was being shaped in a way that only he could. As we came to re-engage, I was reminded of who my true savior is. I learned that for there to be a true change, I needed to draw a circle around myself, which you all have or will hear hear a lot, and change the person inside that circle. Having a wonderful group of women around me to remind me of biblical truth was more than I could have ever asked for. They told me that the Lord would get me through this and that his love for me was so great that no matter what had happened, he was going to see us through it. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Waking up every day, remembering that it is because of his faithfulness that we have a fresh new start is what got me through. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not, excuse me, not be faint. The woman I had once been that had to pretend like everything was okay and that was tired of living two different lives was gone. I am now relying on the Lord to be my strength, that no matter what comes my way, I am not alone. He is with me. I learned that it is to, uh, I learned what it is to have a true relationship with the Lord. Martha was really beyond understanding. And although she was extremely hurt, She forgave me and allowed me an opportunity to love her the way that God intended. 1 Timothy 2.7 says, For God did not give us the spirit of fear, but that of power and love. I no longer cowered behind my sin, but now had the strength to confess, repent, and accept God's grace. Our community played a big role in helping us get through this, and for the first time we saw hope in moving forward. Our marriage continues to have its struggles. Martha and I have normal fights and fail to communicate from time to time. But we are more self-aware of this and make efforts to do better. I feel like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders as I have a group of men that keep me accountable. I don't fear sharing things with my wife, telling her about my struggles, what I'm experiencing, uh, and her the same. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God has taken my story and he has flipped the script from shame to redemption. My hopes are that we continue to seek God and allow him to use us as instruments as we live in grace. I never expected to be up here sharing my deepest secrets with everyone and being fully known as a broken person. But if given the opportunity, I will continue to do so because of what 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. God will be glorified through my mistakes. My husband has changed radically as an honest and fully open person towards me, lovable and fully attentive. Man, I've done this before, (laughs) y'all. My love for my husband is like no other. I thought I loved him before, but man, am I utterly in love. And God has given me a new way to look at him. If we can leave you with something tonight, it is don't worry about how bad your past looks. Know that there is a God that loves you, and when you leave 
everything to him, there is nothing he can't not change. With the Lord's help, through re-engage, our marriage was saved. The lessons that we can find in this book um, work, but only if you're honest with yourself, with your spouse, and when you let the Lord work in you. It is thanks to the Lord that, his, that this picture of all of us together is possible, and we will forever be grateful. Hey, thank you all for letting us share.